Written by Alan Heinberg, directed by Jamie Childs. I gave this episode an 8.5 out of 10. It moved the plot forward. We saw some very stunning visuals. I am starting to see the translation from book to screen. I think it's done very, very well. Uh, we got some, we got some uh, follow-up to a few things, and we got where we are going next on our mission to restore the dreaming. Morpheus comes into his kingdom, sees that it's uh, in major disrepair in his great hall, his castle. And he, he tries to put it back together after being humbled by one of the best lines of the episode from Lucian, which is, I did not feel abandoned. Uh, he's like, and you stayed. Even though I was gone, I didn't feel you abandoned me. And she, well, first she says, look, you need, because he falls down, because he doesn't have enough power to be trying to do all this. You need to rest. You need to eat. You need to bathe. You need to put some chapstick on your lips because they dry as hell. And you need to rest some more before you decide that you want to put this kingdom back together. And he says, well, I'm nothing without my tools. I don't know who I am and I don't have my full power. She says, well, where are they? He says, I know not. They were stolen from me by the people that captured me. She asks, well, maybe this is a good time to call on your siblings for assistance, desire, destiny. He says, they, they, they won't be interested. We don't interfere in each other's realms. And she laughs like, uh, you may not interfere in each other's <laughs> realms, but they, they definitely been acting a goddamn fool and continue to be so let's just reach out to them and then he finally reveals well they know what happened to me and clearly no one came to assist now for their she mentions destiny and desire but not death that's curious and yeah that tells you a little bit about the nature of the sibling relationship that it doesn't seem to be close and despite him adhering to this idea that we don't interfere in each other's realms, they've already put that idea out there that that is not the case. Uh, he says the only way to find out what happened to his tools is to confer with the fates. She says the fates are not really people that want to help you. They don't tell you what you want to know. They tell you what you don't want to know. He says, if I offer them a gift or something that they desire, then they will assist me, even though they talk in riddles. But he needs something that he created that he can, can utilize the power of to summon these fates so that he can go after his tools. Unfortunately, there is one such creature in the dreaming that still exists, and that is Gregory. Gregory is just the most adorable uh, gargoyle and pet of Cain and Abel. We know those dysfunctional brothers are in the Bible. It's 
basically the first murder and the first murder victim that's interesting uh he goes well he's like we got visitors only abel is respectful of the lord of darkness cain seems to believe that he abandoned him dreaming doesn't think he should i don't know correct that assumption but he's a lord and he's the master so he's not used to really being questioned he lets them know that he needs their help that in order to restore the dreaming i need to take back something that i created which is this gargoyle named gregory that was a nightmare and is now one of them all sweet and nice and adorable and while Cain really ain't about that uh, neither really is Abel he says I didn't mean to come to ask you it's Gregory's decision and he asks Gregory for help in his his creation immediately says do what needs to be done I love you bitch oh my God. I ain't gonna never stop loving you bitch. excuse the yard work ain't nothing I could do about that it's just happening <laughs> it's been happening all day uh Gregory is turned to sand and it's really sad. Cain and Abel are angry. I thought the scene went on a little too long with Cain and Abel's objections. Like it's not fair. It's not right. Him being like, well, this is what's going to happen. And he ends up walking away saying, come on, Lucian, let's, uh, let's finish what I started. Let's put this shit back to right. And they go to a lake where he can he can navigate dreams and he's warned by lucian like you haven't traversed these waters in a very long time you need to be careful they're not what they used to be he's like i'm the lord and master of dreams wake your ass up because it's time to go beast mode <laughs> unfortunately when he gets his ass in there he's like lucian you were right you were right i told you what did i tell you didn't i tell you because i told you mm -hmm. and when did i tell you a long time ago and what did i say will happen when i told you exactly what just happened so dreams and nightmares have become very murky my second favorite scene is when he's obtaining the different things for the fates and we see him reach his hand in and then you see he's taking a dream and his hand comes down to earth i was just like oh yeah that's what i that's what i want to see that's what i want to see that was awesome and then he grabs a snake he captures the snake him falling from the hangman and uh and falling into other dreams until he gets all the components he needs to exchange to the fates i thought that was just uh another iconically cinematograph cinematography shot uh i feel like i could have said that better but that's all i got we also see him obtain an egg and he meets the fates he summons them and when he summons them they have a chip on their shoulder about when he didn't help them defeat cersei or something to that effect but one of the crones says oh that's old news and he did bring us trinkets and watching that snake go down that lady's that lady's esophagus no. 
I love how this was very word for word from the the chapter <laughs> that I know this from even down to the asking an additional question every time they tell him you know you only get one one answer he asked about where his sand is says it was sold to Constantine uh, which is a human who has magical abilities he said he used to uh, roll with him 300 he knew of him 300 years ago knew of a Constantine 300 years ago he asked about his helmet he's like it was sold to a demon for protection and then he asked about his ruby it was passed from a mother to the son they give you just enough but not the complete package they then leave and we noticed that he did not give them the egg the egg he says is not for them it was for someone else when Lucin asks and that someone else is both Cain and Abel or at least Abel because <laughs> Cain after he was like good luck your majesty decided to to kill his brother once again he wakes up from his grave he brings in the egg they hatch a new gargoyle he wants to call it Irving uh but he says our gargoyles must start with a g he said curving i laughed my ass off when irving showed up in his grave he's like thanks for putting me in a shallow why bury you why bury you at all and he, he even looked at him like what what the fuck dude why are you allowing him we need to run away together that man just murdered you and he seems to do it on a regular basis he's like oh hey that's just how he shows his love really nigga he tells him a story about two brothers loving each other and that clearly is just the life he's never going to get where he's like don't worry he won't kill me before lunch <laughs> we're the early birds and i thought that was nice even though his brother's like, he can't just give us another gargoyle to make up for the fact he took Gregory. It's like, but it was Gregory's choice. And we do have another gargoyle. So can you stop complaining? Meanwhile, now that Morpheus all, has all the information he needs to go after his pouch of sand, he says he's gonna go contact Constantine. He's just a human. Uh, so things will work out. And then I'm gonna go to hell so i can figure out where my helm is and she says well at least take a raven with you a raven can communicate between both worlds but he doesn't want to take a raven because he's still not over jessamy and he's like i'm the lord of dreams once again <laughs> Cause she's like look uh constantine's only human so was roger burgess Alexa, and he kind of puts her in her place like you're the librarian she even said the books were gone and still she tried to keep a journal to uh to keep herself going and he's trying to diminish her agency that she's had in this century that he's been gone but I, I have a feeling that she especially after talking to Constantine may feel different about that which is different from the book so I could be 
right or wrong but it felt like that conversation had a merit and it didn't happen to my knowledge between the two because not constantine uh corinthian 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 speaking of that little devil he has found ethel cripps who is selling uh obtain precious artifacts to wealthy people she is questioned because he gets in she's like how did you get in here she immediately knows that he's otherworldly not too freaked out because in her eyes i knew this day would come and he says look the the guy that you your ex was holding yeah he's he's out and he should want, he's gonna want revenge and she even says why would you why do you want revenge on me i didn't do shit to him he don't even know my name <laughs> which is factual i didn't capture you i wasn't part of that club uh and she doesn't seem too inclined to help him either oh you're one of his creations he doesn't want to go back thinks they can help each other she says she no longer has all three objects but he suspects that she's lying about the ruby uh, because she knows about his son or her son she doesn't like it much because he thinks that she used all of her or she gained all of her power by using those objects it is revealed those tools are no, of no use to him he cannot do anything with them so he has to be the one that's trying to get other people to destroy him or coach them into using those tools to destroy the dreaming so that he can remain free doing what he likes to do best which is apparently uh taking eyeballs from people he knows that she's lying about her son but when he confronts her about it ready to dig into her her skull to retrieve the proof with a knife she reveals oh that protection that uh that protection that was needed that was for me i exchanged it for a demon in hell and she uh shows him and sends him on his way get the fuck out my house she did talk about her son how he did have the ruby but how the ruby took him basically like yeah he went a little cray cray with the with the ruby and now she has him we discover a little later locked up in a facility that is meant to give him treatment but he considers it a prison him and his mother do not get on but she does say we need to talk about that particular ruby because we now do have a little bit of a problem because the lord of dreams is gonna want that back uh we have my boy uh i'm gonna get his name in like five seconds give me a minute give me a minute um I'm surprised it's not popping right up for me because he was in harry potter he's in quite a few things uh it's not coming to me right now but <laughs> i did list him and i think i listed him uh in the main cast yeah i had to david thewis there we go david thewis he is playing roderick's son john and uh well we're gonna learn so much more about john that's for damn sure 
the protection has also kept these people fucking young as hell so that explains that we did get our first glimpse at constantine who is gender bent i usually don't have an issue with gender bent characters but i am just a tiny bit disappointed that i'm not gonna get john constantine versus joanna constantine i'm not gonna knock it until i see it but that was one of my favorite storylines was the constantine one with dreaming so i i'm not sure how that changes the dynamics if it'll change the dynamics but after seeing a few iterations of constantine with the exception of whatever the fuck they did on cw uh i i've liked his character so i will hold judgment (laughs) until i see it but i am looking forward to that story arc playing out because i remember liking this one quite a bit and i think that for the most part is is how our episode we do have corinthian i forgot to mention that he he is uh he is reassembled back into the dreaming lucen's like uh perfect timing our master is back he'll want a word with you he's like yeah uh you you should learn to get some independence for yourself because he won't change he's not a great person you can't change him and you're a fool for trying so this goes into the idea that morpheus may have some flaws there's maybe a reason why there's some rebelling and there's pushback and even from his most trusted of commanders there's that pushback Uh, and i don't i don't recall that in the book at all that lucian was much more of a slow your roll (laughs) and more of a lackey so i like that change to the characterization um are we gonna get a rave i feel like we're gonna get a raven because i saw one in the trailer so how is this gonna come about but i like that that conversation between luthien lucian i keep changing their name every five minutes and corinthian because it is about what what are you what agency you haven't left this world has lucian left or has she just been at her post and maybe are those words they're gonna get her to leave her post now that her master has abandoned and thinks that he's just gonna go out there and nothing can go wrong like you need some backup bro uh i think that's all other than in the spoiler section there are a few differences not too much but just for those that really just want to stay pure to the show i will discuss it there but not before we jump into the feedback so let's hop on into the mailbag it's Mimi uh this is feedback for Sandman I don't know if it's the Sandman or just Sandman but I watched episodes one and two uh yesterday um actually it was pretty early in the morning today so I'm sending it now I don't know what is going on with the calendar I know you said you're trying to not even put your set yourself up for them kind of failures which I get um but 
you keep putting up shows that I didn't even know we were watching because your calendar isn't up. So I'm probably going to be an episode behind on certain things unless you message me and let me know this is what we're watching and, and you're thinking about this week for a certain show. I don't know. But um, I didn't honestly know what to expect. Um, I know what the Sandman is. Um, like, I guess mythologically, I know what it's, the Sandman is, but I don't know any of the lore. And during the credits, during the first episode, I saw that it was like a DC comic and it was kind of intriguing because of that. So I was like, okay, let's see what's going on. I honestly had no idea what I was getting to, um, getting into, but uh, this has actually been a pretty, so far, pretty fun ride. Um, I'm, I recognize certain names um, like uh, Corinthian and then um, what do they call um, the Sandman? Oh my God. I'm drawing a blank oh my god but I, his name I recognize like I can't tell you where I'm assuming it's I've heard it from the Bible but you know how I feel about that now so I must have heard it in Sunday school somewhere um, or maybe even super, Supernatural because I know I heard a Corinthian um, on Supernatural um, but you know the the lure of you know the God dream desire um, and all there was a the other couple other ones um and uh, that was pretty interesting um i i thought the corinthian was pretty gross uh, did he have teeth instead of eyeballs yuck i know i recognize that from supernatural but anyway um i and i even recognize the name jessime um i also remember that being a character from a book but I, she was definitely not a raven, but like all, all there was a lot of names that, that rang, that, that rang familiar to me. I can't place them, um, not all of them, but I know I've heard those names before. So um, I'm very interested in what's gonna happen. Um, it's pretty effed up that they had him in the basement for a century. Um, that's crazy as hell. And it's even crazier that, um, his son was like I just want you to promise not to hurt me or Paul it's like maybe you're maybe the trust problem is with you like why would he trust anything you say like I would say I'm gonna let you out and I am gonna trust that you are a man of your word and you won't harm me or Paul because what we did to you was really fucked up and I don't want to keep you in this cage any longer. My dad is dead. He is the one that did this to you. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this to you any longer. So I'm gonna let you out. And I just, I pray to you in your, your dream form, God form, that you will not murder me or my beloved. So that's what I would have done. I mean, and if you die, you die. It's what you deserve. And then, um, because you you were too scared of your father to let him out but then you wait a whole what he said he was in there for a century so i mean i know having him around like uh probably like makes you useful longer i don't know the aging process slows i'm not sure if the aging process slows down with only the people that have the the like his his uh, like amulet 
you know, his ruby, his helm, his sand. But it seems as though, even though, um, what was her name? Oh my God. I want to call her Layla, but I know that's not it. The, the lady that stole his shit. Even though she had sold that stuff, she was still pretty useful. She had her own magic, but still, like, I don't know if even being around it for a little bit slows down your aging, but it seems as though, because, okay, I'm trying to do the math here, and the only thing, the only explanation I could come up with is the fact that having the Sandman around himself also slows down age, because um, Sam, that was his name, right? Sam, he was, he looked like he was maybe like nine or ten when maybe I would say between eight and ten years old when he his dad captured the same man then ten years later would put him 18 to 20 and then at the end when he was like old as hell he was like I'm not coming here anymore I need you to promise you're not gonna hurt me or Paul and I would like to point out that Paul saw that the 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 um, spiritual uh, what was it? The thing that encased him, the spiritual God, the symbol, it's a word for it, um, was like broken and he just let it ride. Like, that's exactly, it was like, hey, what happens, happens. But um, anyway, he's, he, he was older and he's like, I've been in here for a century. So if Paul was, not Paul, well, Paul, but I'm talking about Sam. I think that's that little boy's name. I don't really care. But if he was 18 to 20, if they kept the salmon in there for a total of a century, that would put him over, you know, being 100. And I've met some 100-year-olds, and I mean, I'm not saying that it's not possible, but most of them don't have their facilities. And if they are mentally all there, they don't move very well. And he was in a wheelchair, but... Paul still was moving, so I'm just saying. I know black don't crack, but it, it seems as though having the same man around does slow your aging. And I don't know if it's something that you have to be actually around him, like if his even the people that were guarding him, I'm not sure. Because they, they kept changing, so maybe it's not, maybe because they were in the house he was kept in, maybe that's what had something to do with it. I'm not sure about the Lord. But... I do feel like, you know, he's going to be asleep for 100 years. So clearly he's he's not going to die. He's just going to be asleep. But it's pretty fucked up that Roderick, I know he's seen around the world people were not being able to sleep. People were sleeping forever. Like all of that shit. And he didn't even care. Like what a selfish prick. And when he said if, if uh, you know, my brother was alive hate you like I do like that's legit I don't know like I feel like grief does change you know does you know it does hurt and it people respond in different ways but there is no way Roger was ever a good person he just didn't turn into a terrible person because his son died I don't believe that shit was in you anyway you probably did little things and you just bypassed it like oh it's not that big of a deal and little things just kept turning into little big a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger until they were huge things and then you were capable of trapping a guy because you wanted your son back. And he's not death, he's dream. Like I know you know how you know the ability you I know you could do it. How do you know? 
Guys have limits too. Fucking idiot. Um, and then episode two, I really enjoyed because, um, you know, we got to see, you know, his kingdom. It, it's breaking down. Um, and that's sad. I mean, he has been gone for a long time and, you know, his powers were in his, um, all of his things like the ruby, the helm, and the sand. And he doesn't have those anymore. And he's been away from that stuff for a hundred years. So I'm assuming his power has drained. Clearly we saw that. Um, then we saw Cain and Abel and Gregory. That was all pretty sad. But then it was, we got to meet the, I, I want to call them seers, but I know that's not what we're going to call them. The, the three, the past, present, and future. I, hags, I know they don't call them that either. I I really was just watching and not really writing notes, and that was my mistake. So hopefully I can remember people's names next for episode three, but this is what we got. I'm just going to describe people. I know you know I'm talking about the three, three witch ladies that were probably all the same person. They all looked pretty similar. Um, like the, I liked how he, um, we got to see like the crossroad, crossroad, and picking it up, and then him like uh, you know with the hangman. All that stuff was really cool. The snake, and then the egg, and it turned out to be a um, gremlin. Is that what they called them? Like Gregory. Um, and. I don't, I don't remember much about Cain and Abel, but I know um, one of them killed the other. So I'm assuming it must be Cain, because he's the one that kept killing us. I could be wrong. The, the, the skinnier one kept killing the bigger one. And he was just still in such good spirits. I was like, I don't, I don't remember any kind of Bible stuff. I, like, I, you know how I feel about stuff like that. But is that how it was in the book? Like, one of them was just a jealous, mean piece of shit, and the other brother was sweet and innocent. I mean, that would make murdering him even worse. Like, you, you're jealous that your brother is a good person? I'm confused, but now that I understand, I know that's like the more, the first mortal sin, first murder, first victim. Pretty terrible brothers, but humanity is trash, and we already know that. Um, what else? Uh, I love the, the, the visuals in this. Um, I also am hoping that, you know, he gets another raven because what happened to Jasmine was so sad. That raven was so smart and she was really pretty too with her, like the, the white piece in the middle of like a necklace, like the white. I've, I've seen all black ravens, but I've never seen one with a little bit of white in it. I don't know. He just looked utterly just, just devastated. <laughs> I know because the little boy was the one that killed Jasmine. I'm, I'm sure it made it really more a lot easier for him to be like, you know what? Fuck you. I, I'm going to sit in this cage for 100 years and not say a word to you. Y'all going to get the worst cold shoulder of your life. Um, I don't know what is going to be happening. I have, Like I said, I have no idea what this is about. Um, I'm assuming this is going to be like, it seems like it's popular. I see it a lot on my Twitter feed. I'm not sure what's going on and the fandom with this show. I'm not sure what people are thinking, but so far I really enjoy it. So hopefully it keeps this momentum and I start figuring out what's happening because right now that's all I have to say. But I, like I said, I did enjoy it. So until next time, love, peace, air, grace, and black girl magic.
queen of the couch that was my queen Mime on this episode. I'm glad you're joining this uh, because this is actually a really good book if you've never listened to the audiobook. Uh, I'm for my phone because that's where I put my comments. And I, I mean, it's, it took me a while to get through the audiobook. I will say that much. I think this would have been much more digestible as a graphic novel as it was intended. I don't hate the audiobook, but it, it does take a minute uh, with the audiobook because it's noises and they're adding sounds and some of uh, some of that it's just it's too much. <laughs> it's a little too much for me, but James McAvoy does his damn thing in it. And uh, there are some really good story arcs. As far as uh, your feedback goes, uh, just have a few things to add. Uh, I totally agree with you about the the young Burgess. I forgot his name too. I think it was Sam. Uh, I don't think that Paul shouldn't even been brought into it. He didn't have beef with Paul. He had no beef with Paul. But you killed Jessamy, so. You didn't need to get that promise. You should have said, you know what? I'm going to let you out because it's the right thing to do. And if you kill me, I have to accept my fate. So I'm totally, totally with you on that. Uh, It was brought up this episode. Those that are in possession of the tools that they should not possess do live longer. Uh, So Ethel, her son, John, they should not be as... I mean, they still look relatively young, but I mean, older, but they should technically be dust. Uh, you were referring to Ethel and you were referring to the fates. I, I did pick up on what you were saying. <laughs> um, that's how Corinthian knew that she had to have had the ruby because it's like, look, yo, yo youth is not on all on your own. Okay. <laughs> and the last bit is in the books, Roderick wasn't a... He wasn't someone who didn't actually practice magic. He was uh, the real deal. In the show, he is really a hack. But in the book, he is an actual mage. Uh, And they decided for the show, for whatever reason, to change that. But that's all the comments I do have. Uh, I think that you will definitely enjoy this since you are into that mythology uh, with all of the names. And that's what some of the best authors do they take what's already there and they just reincorporate it and retell it in a differing way <sighs> george r martin is very but neil gaiman i feel it has a lot more <laughs> i don't want to dog g, g- uh, martin I-, I don't have any issues with him uh other than he needs to finish his fucking shit but neil gaiman definitely i think he has much more of a emotionally intelligent writing style (laughs) um and he is so very inclusive he's such an inclusive type of writer author um he really does believe in and bringing forth people of color he believes in you know making sure the right gender roles are, are are evened out He's just overall an awesome human being. (laughs) So if you don't know many of his works, I would definitely encourage to get into that. Uh, And since I did bring up spoilers, I think this is the perfect time to discuss them. If this is you heading out the door, peace, hair grease, black girl magic, 
see you next time i will try to have these out like on friday saturday but i am gonna give you a heads up mimi and shy about when i will be recording so let's get into some minor spoilers 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 so a few things from this episode the biggest thing is corinthian he is apparently going to be a bit of a instigator here actively taking a role with other characters to turn on morpheus or to destroy him and now he has been uh backed off by ethel what is that where does he intend to go next i'm very curious on what they're doing with his story arc and i don't think i'm as familiar with corinthian um and his huge story arc i think that's in the second book another big thing is that ethel cripps is actually well still alive and that she has her son locked up i wondered if they were going to bring the dc arkham into this because <laughs> we know that he uh who does he meet there is it the joker oh no i think it's not the joker it's someone else there uh that's hanging upside down i forgot what his name is but it's another huge dc comic character uh so taking that out of it's pretty sad because that means we don't get to have that the arkham going back to that facility but uh having the change be that she has him locked away for his own good uh that's interesting i just don't know what they're gonna do with that she now has the amulet for protection instead of sykes uh what does that mean is she then gonna lose protection when he goes to hell and do you think i'm now thinking that storyline is not gonna go down the way it did in the books but we shall see in the book and i think that's it as far as any huge differences other than what i said earlier lucian having a lot more agency and i don't think i paid enough attention to the cain and abel stuff with gregory to be <laughs> to know how how that lines up but yeah i'm, I'm really looking forward to the next big story arc because i stated prior that was one of my favorite was with constantine i really connected with that so i am geeked about what they're gonna do next episode i hope it lives up to <laughs> to my expectations because i do have high expectations um having loved it so much uh so i'm guessing that he's gonna break out from john d are they gonna still do it the exact same way i mean i, I guess i'm asking questions now more than i'm actually talking about <laughs> any spoilers from this episode because i think that's pretty much it everything else was by the book and i'm loving that adaptation uh style that it feels so familiar because you only really get that when the author is involved but that's the only spoilers that are different uh once again peace hair grace black girl magic if you want to send feedback blackgirlcouch at gmail.com you can leave a comment below on this podcast until next time 